Rethink Aging, discussions about life, planning, and growing older. I'm your host, Elaine, and with me is my co-host, Robert. Well, hello. Hello. So we're back at it again with another one of our time-related episodes. It's time for another one. Yep. Wow. So in this episode, we are featuring one of Elaine's friends, Ellen, who we had did a pretty extensive interview with. And I think in that interview, a lot of things happened and it got pretty long. So we're going to probably cut it up into a few different episodes. And this episode kind of represents the first one of those. Yay. All right, well, let's get into it. You made a really interesting point a minute ago about how other people's timelines can make you realize where you're at in yours. You know, like when someone younger starts having life experiences that you've had, you can start to key into the fact that those are behind you. I guess because it's not something I think about on a day-to-day basis, but that's a good way to put it, Robert, when I'll use the example of my nieces and nephews when these young people that I've known from the day they were born get to a point where they're having those experiences like college or moving out on their own or starting their first job or in, in one of my nephew's cases, getting married already. Events like that kind of put the fact of time passing in the forefront of my mind. It's not always there, except when these things happen. And when things like that happen, or when I hear something like someone says, oh, you know, Star Wars first came out 40 plus years ago or or something like that. And I think of that span of time, I don't feel like I'm someone who's old enough to vividly remember something that happened 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm older, but when I'm confronted with a fact like that, I don't feel like I'm old enough, as I said, to remember something that happened that long ago. And I've been thinking about this. I didn't know specifically what we were going to be talking about today, but I've just thought about the passage of time because, Elaine, you said that's what would kind of be chatting about. And I think one of the things that strikes me every time that happens is when I was a teenager, a young adult, and I'd look at people in their 50s and 60s and 70s, I had the perception that they had it all figured out, that they had enough life experience, that they had it all together. They just had it all figured out. And now that I'm in that age range, and I by no means have it all figured out, I think that adds to my sense of how can this be that I I'm this far removed from things 30 years ago or 40 years ago, because as a younger person, I thought when I was at this point in my life, I'd have it all figured out and be all together. (laughs) And that isn't necessarily the case. So work in progress. You and I have both lost both of our parents already, right? They've they've Mm -hmm. died. And I know it's slightly different for you because you lost your mother really young. But once both of my parents were dead... And their siblings, I've got like one living aunt, and I feel very much like the torch has been passed, and I'm the older generation now. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I'm kind of what you were saying. Like it, I'm supposed to know the things that I looked up to the previous right. generation to know. 
and it's on me now. Right. That's an interesting point, Elaine, because as you said, I've lost both my parents and we lost our last aunt. So the last person from that, my parents' generation, passed away in March of 2020, actually. So we've had over a year of no longer having any members from our our parents' generation. And it is a strange feeling that I can't really describe too well that, I mean, that, that sense of the torch passing is a good image. And when you said that, my first thought was, yep, the torch has passed and I'm not ready for it because <laughs> I don't know. And a part of me also would love to, to talk to my parents and say, did you, did you have this all figured out? Were you making up as, as you were going along? Like I feel I am sometimes. And I just never had those conversations with them because I wasn't at a point in my life where that was something I was contemplating. So. Right. I think about wanting to talk to my parents a lot too, about these kinds of topics. I mean, I talk to them a lot and I talk to them about death a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about some of the things about growing older. And there are still things that I wish I could tell them or get from them, you know, information. Right. Because in particular with my parents, I felt like every time I went to them as a, a child or a young adult or, you know, in my dad's case up until, you know, all throughout my 30s, I felt like every time I went to them, they kind of had that wisdom. They had those answers. And But like I said... I don't know if behind the scenes they were hoping for the best, you know, when they would say something or offer advice or if they, I don't know, if they had a similar feeling to what I have now in terms of, I feel like I have some things figured out, but I'm still a work in progress. I'm still, you know, figuring a lot out. So I don't know. You know, if I may just chime in on something you said earlier too, like your younger perception of older people you know, they, they are over there and they've, they've got it all figured out and stuff. I, I think a thing that goes hand in hand with that, too, is as when you're younger, you see the older people kind of all as one group. Like, they're the older people. But now that, like, I'm in my 50s, I can definitely see the difference between someone in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s and understand that just as well as I could like seeing the difference between somebody in their teens, 20s, and 30s. That's a good point. I, d- I do think I kind of lumped them all together when I was younger. And 60 seemed old, right? When you were 10 <laughs> and now it doesn't? Absolutely. Abs- yes, absolutely. That's not old at all. <laughs> yeah, because to me it feels like there's a big difference between 54, which is what I am now, and 74, let's say. Yeah. A big distinction between that, so... But when you're 70, what will it seem like? Right. The older that you get, does time seem to be going faster? Like it's a whole nother year later or we're already at the end of this year or we're almost at the end of this year, kind of speeding up. It absolutely does. And I don't know why that is. It's funny. I was talking to one of my brothers yesterday after the move and, you know, talking about what would be discussing today. And we were talking a little bit about why, as you get older, it feels like time goes so fast. I don't know if it's because, you know, you've lived longer. So each year is a smaller percentage of your life, if that makes any sense. Like just 
I don't know, from maybe a mathematical standpoint, you know, it's a smaller. Totally. When you're five, a year is, you know, um, a, a large portion of your life. We were also talking about whether some of it is as an adult, you're busy with work and errands and all these little things in life that before you know it, a week's gone by, a month's gone by, and you've been consumed with these kind of sometimes ordinary, sometimes very fun things that just take up a lot of your time. And it, I don't know, maybe we don't have as much time as, as younger people do to just kind of stop and appreciate time as it's passing. We're, we're just in the midst of doing so much to, I don't know, I'm not sure why time feels so different now. I think there's probably a couple of different reasons. There isn't just like the one, but I think that you've hit on a few that I've thought of as well, especially the, the one about the percentage of your life. Right. Like when you're five, Christmas is forever. And now as an right. adult, Christmas is kind of just another day. And it's fun to get together with your family, but it's just another day, kind of. Right. I mean, that's probably not, you know. No, Elaine, that's so funny because it was my brother Tom that I was talking to this about. And he mentioned Christmas as an example, right? Um, that, you know, as a kid, you're, you're waiting and you're waiting and you just can't wait until that day gets here. Whereas as an adult... You're, you're speeding around, doing everything to get ready for Christmas, and then all of a sudden it's here. So that's, that's funny that we use that as an example. And I think, too, I know, Elaine, you and I have both read some things by Gretchen Rubin, the author, and, and she has a phrase um, about time passing that um, she, she words it as, the days are long, but the years are short. So kind of when you're in the midst of your life, Sometimes the days can feel, you know, packed and intense and long. But before you know it, you stop and you look back. And like we said, another week has gone by, another month has gone by. And it's interesting because I'm not sure why it feels that way. And I'm also not sure how, if there's a way to slow it down. It yeah, I don't know. Another, oh, he's back. The motorcycle. <laughs> It's a nice day here in New England, so I guess everyone's out. <laughs> and there are no real muffler laws around here, so they can be as loud as they want to be. So That's the sound of freedom. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, too. I don't remember ever having a conversation with my dad after he retired, if he felt time passing differently because... You know, he wasn't working anymore. All the kids were out of the house. He didn't have the daily hustle and bustle. So I don't, I don't know, just because I never thought to ask him if he felt that time slowed down a little bit then or if he still felt that kind of, you know, time rushing by. I don't know if your state in life um, or stage in life impacts that at all. I don't think I ever talked to my parents about that either, that I can remember. Right. I think for me, I'm, I'm very aware that there's a lot of time that I've lived and that I probably have 20 to 25 years left. And I have things that have come up. I want to learn this. I want to do that. And the time is now to do that. Mm, right. And so, like, there's um, a feeling of 
I need to do a bunch of projects. I want to accomplish this. I want to learn. You know, and I I think I'm repeating myself, but there isn't 40 years later I'm going to learn to paint, right? take painting classes now. And it makes kind of a sense of urgency. Kind of a sense of urgency. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm afraid that sometimes if I do feel that sense of urgency, it freaks me out a little bit. So I get busy with whatever my daily tasks are because it's, um, yeah, because that sense of urgency is also a reminder that we have limited time, Yep, which is always a sobering thought. And I think sometimes when those thoughts, well, this, I don't want this to turn into a psychology session, but sometimes when those thoughts strike me, I'm like, oh, that, yeah, I should have that sense of urgency. I'll, I'll think about that tomorrow, <laughs> you know, so kick the can down the road a little bit, I guess. But that's that's a that's a good way of looking at it, Elaine, that sense of urgency and kind of that, or maybe kind of using that to get perspective on if I do have this limited amount of time left, what's really important? Right. What, what, is, what do I really want to focus on during that time? And just speaking for myself, that that can take some self-reflection to figure out what what those things are, you know, what, what will my focus be? What are my priorities? When I really, really think about them, you know, what are my priorities for the, those 20 or 25 years or, you know, this is, I know this is a little off topic, but, and I know I'm a couple episodes behind with your podcast, but it certainly has given me a lot to think about. So, um, I'm finding that really valuable to, um, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I appreciate you saying that. I know we've talked about this before, Elaine, but these these can be tough conversations to have or tough things to think about. But I mean, I appreciate that the two of you are bringing up things that are important to think about or important to start thinking about putting in place. And and again, I know this is off topic, but I just finished your episode on the what remains, which that was a fun commute to work that morning to unexpectedly <laughs> get, a, get a description of how embalming works. But that was good. That was good. Um, but in that episode, you talk about the yearly conversation you have yeah. about what your wishes are. And I might have told you this, Elaine, I can't remember, but my dad, we jokingly referred to it. My dad had a death drawer in his filing cabinet where one... Um, one summer when I was home visiting, he sat me down for an afternoon. And and Robert, you didn't know my dad, but he was super, super organized. And he had gone through all his paperwork and put it together in one drawer. So he pulled out a couple binders and he said, okay, here are all my life insurance policies. And here's the contact information for, you know, getting the beneficiary information going. You know, here's a list of my bank accounts, my CDs, you know, and again, all the contact information for everything. He had gone to the funeral home and planned his funeral and he kind of had thought of it all. And it was a super, super hard afternoon to, you know, be sitting there with him and listening to him outline all these very, I don't know, just kind of nuts and bolts things. And when he passed away, that was the most amazing gift that he gave us that, you know, in the midst of all the emotion, uh, when someone dies, I'm always astounded by how much paperwork there is not to, right. to be flipped. 
But the fact that he had, you know, prepared for us all the people we needed to contact, all the things we needed to do, just gave us the gift of not having to make some hard decisions at a time when you're already emotionally uh, spent. So that, that was, as I said, a wonderful gift, but it was not easy to sit there with him while he you know, outlined all of this. But long story short, you two talking about the conversation you have every year reminded me of what he did. I'm like, oh, because it, it's one of those things that's like in the back of my mind and every once in a while I'll think, oh, you know, I should pull together all the different, you know, accounts that I may have that list beneficiaries and things like that. And I, you know, get busy with other things and it doesn't happen. So, yeah. so I just appreciate the podcast as a way to, Kind of very, very nicely and gently kind of remind people of, of you know, things they can be thinking about to, um, to make those future years a little easier. So my version of that for our kids is called my death book. It's the same thing kind of thing as your death <laughs> right, drawer, right. as your dad's death drawer. Right. Your, your dad was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was the quintessential de- thing for my dad to do, right? <laughs> like, have this all organized. Pretty so. much, yeah. <laughs> Did he make you pancakes while you and sat and looked through the death row? Pan- yes, no. Pancakes were Saturday mornings. Okay. I think this was weekday afternoon or something. But so there were either I had either their pancakes had either been in my recent past or my immediate future. So <laughs> I loved your dad's pancakes. <laughs> And those do sound like good pancakes. And maybe we'll hear more about them in the future. (laughs) What are your thoughts about time? What are your experiences? What do you think of pancakes? You can get a hold of us at RethinkAgingOfficial at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at RethinkAging. Thanks for listening.